Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today, we are speaking with Ted Rosier, a director of engineering at Festo Didactic North America, headquartered in Eatontown, New Jersey. Festo Didactic is a global leader in designing and implementing Industry 4.0 learning laboratories, educational equipment and programs that train people to perform in highly dynamic and complex industrial control and automation environments. A self-professed Industry 4.0 champion and digital transformation leader, Ted has managed the development of several user-friendly automation control turnkey systems at a global scale. Before joining Festo Didactic, Ted spent 18 years leading the automation engineering department for Duzan InfraCore Machine Tool Corporation, specializing in the design and development of robotics and machine tool turnkey systems for the automotive, aerospace, and pharmaceutical industries. Ted, welcome to the show. Hello, Catherine. Hope you're doing well today. Absolutely. Couldn't be better. Uh, for those who are not familiar with Festo Didactic, and its product and service portfolio. What is its history here in the U.S.? Well, Catherine, uh, when you say Festo, most individuals within the automation manufacturing space right away think of our mother company, Festo Automation. Um, from a global standpoint, we have over 20,000 employees uh, between engineering and sales, and uh, that provides basically automation manufacturing components and solutions um, to industry and education. Uh, but specifically, Festo Didactic has been involved with preparing the workforce for advanced manufacturing for over 40 years. Um, therefore, the Didactic Group um, would be known as kind of the grandfather of mechatronics. Uh, so when you think about competencies around electrical controls, mechanical, uh, PLC, robotics, and machine tool, um, that's something that, that, that we've always done. Uh, but there is a difference in, in, the sh in the shift of what we do today. Um, all of those things that we t just talked about, mechanical PLC, robotics, machine tool, um, can be looked upon as a la carte in separate competencies. Um, uh, but what we're really seeing um, is that Industry 4.0 is taking on uh, a new shape and so that's something that we really uh, look to provide within the education space as a thought leaders for Industry 4.0. And what are your responsibilities at the company other than your many YouTube appearances? Ah, good question. <laughs> well, uh, as Director of Engineering, my main role um, is to lead our educational sector of a business uh, from the standpoint of Industry 4.0 and advanced technology. Um, to be a little more specific, Festo Didactic uh, can be looked upon simply as just an automation integrator specifically for education. Um, so um, my team, I have a business development that I'm responsible for, uh, which of course having to do with advanced technology. Um, and then you have to look at the cutting edge technology, uh, therefore uh, creating training modules as well as curriculum development for the North America market um, also falls up on, under my hat. The company and your work are firmly planted in Industry 4.0. Uh, how do you conceptualize that? Uh, because there are a lot of definitions of that um, term. And what do you mean by the Industry 4.0 crave? Mm -hmm. 
I for that or crave. <laughs> so uh, another good question, Catherine. Um, if you go back five years ago, um, when I talk about the crave, uh, five years ago there was a need for Industry 4.0 skills to be developed, um, uh, but the start of developing the skills really required demystifying the buzzwords and creating tangible, what we might call learning nuggets to satisfy the crave. Um, unfortunately, we saw that crave uh, fall upon deaf ears. Um, we, we saw a lot of uh, uh, individuals, and, and let me not say, not individuals, uh, more of organizations. So, and, and when I say organizations, it's education and industry looked at that industry 4.0 can and, and just kicked it down the road and procrastinated on it. But it does not mean that the, that the need went away. Um, I think the, the, the main uh, thing that we're seeing right now is, is that there is a crave for it because industry has to adapt. They have to adapt. COVID truly uh, pushed fast forward on this whole industry 4.0 digital transformation. Um, you need more automation for repetitive tasks. You need to not touch as many, as many things. If it's repetitive, give it to some automation. Um, and due to COVID, we, we had to quickly figure out how to go about doing that. Um, so that you, you can see that the, the hunger um, we were forced to deal with the crave. And so that puts us in an uncomfortable space. And, and so now what, what we kind of see um, is that uh, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and we're all forced to do something about it. And so I think it's a great time uh, where, where, where that crave uh, is, we're, we're Everyone has a magnifying glass on it, and, and, and especially globally, we're trying to embrace it. So these are special times. Oh, you can say that again. Uh, <laughs> what are the um, so what are the primary skills that workers need in in this uh, industry 4.0 environment? Another good question. Um, when, when we look at the, the, the primary skills, um, I would say that problem-solving skills are, are very important. Um, the ability to think under pressure systematically, um, the ability to use uh, what we call visualization tools, such as graphs, uh, product tracing features. Um, you need to be able to combine uh, data that's given to you with the skills that we talked about earlier. So you have your uh, uh, the core skills, okay? But are you able to recognize uh, predictive decisions based upon, based upon visualization tools and data? Um, I give you a, a really quick example. Uh, we think about a um, within a manufacturing plant, you would have an electrician or a controls engineer, and as soon as there's a problem um, on that uh, line of robots and conveyor systems and parts being mo moving through, as soon as everything comes to a screeching halt, years ago we would quickly 
grab a meter and look to check voltage. Okay, that was the blood, <laughs> the electricity running through. And, and that's not where you look uh, today. Um, today, you need to be able to understand why did it happen? And it might not be in the software. It might not be, you might not. The first thing you wanna do is look at your visualization tools and that should, the data should tell you uh, what's going on. So going back to those course, you need the core skills, okay? Um, but you also have to be able to read data and use the new technology to make quick decisions. Uh, so that's a blend of your traditional, what is considered soft skills, and then the new skills that are needed with the, with the more technological environment, correct? Absolutely. Uh, you've also talked about, uh, quote unquote, gold collar workers. What level skills do they embody? Um, good question, uh, Catherine. Um, when we talk about gold collar workers, uh, some may think that a gold collar worker would be someone who does not get their hands dirty. Um, and that's not what, 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 what we try and say um, about a gold collar worker. A gold collar worker are individuals that uh, they may get their hands dirty, but they're also familiar um, with innovative methods that can allow um, a process to be automated. Now, I, I, I'm speaking specifically um, from the vantage point of, of, of advanced manufacturing, okay? Um, you could kind of uh, take that question and, and, and as you shift in your vantage point, um, the answer comes out a little bit differently. But, you know, when I think of a gold collar worker, we always go back to the, the statement of blue collar worker, right? And so the blue collar worker is just every day he goes into this plan and 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 he puts that 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 heavy suit on uh and he puts those big old big steel toe boots on and he's doing repetitive tasks and not using his brain a lot and, and that's kind of what we uh might a definition that 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 a lot of even parents think i don't want my child to be blue collar um uh, but but that's gold collar you have to understand that um, in order to learn the core, like we talked about, you're going to get your hands dirty. Uh, in a plant, the process, it, it still smells like eggs, okay? There's just not as many chips, and it's not as dirty as it was many years ago. Um, but if you can start to train students to be gold-collar workers, um, they might not have uh, the know-how um, as to how to implement something from start to finish, but they have the innovative ideas. They've seen how things can be operated at a more efficient, a, a more efficient way. They can ask specific questions, um, and, and that's what you're looking for. Um, we try and, and, especially in the education space, is develop students with that goal collar mentality and forward thinking. Let's talk about that education space. Which educators in the U.S. or even in other countries are are are, are doing this well? That are implementing industry 4.0 career pathways. You know, um, Catherine, I would say that um, uh, I would bring up uh, first of all the state of Ohio. Um, I really applaud the state of Ohio um, for embracing industry 4.0. 
Um, there are a few programs that are going on right now that kind of started off with uh, TechCred. Um, that's an amazing program and allowing students to be able to uh, look for whatever class that they would like to take and then allow those students or, or, or maybe not even students, adults to even upskill. Um, there are a lot of skills um, um, right now that unfortunately you just can't pick them up. Um, there's just not enough time in it that you need to take a specific class and, and, and they're stackable. Um, and so the tech credit program, uh, very nice program to help upskill Ohio. Um, speaking of Ohio again, you also have um, um, the OMA board um, that did a really nice job in putting together um, the automation and robotics task force team. And uh, I, I had the privilege of, uh, of leading um, one of the teams uh, within that OMA uh, group, especially around automation and robotics and, uh, and, and career pathways. And, and I think that that, uh, that initiative um, is really gonna put Ohio uh, ahead of a lot of other states that might uh, have the crave but if you can have a crave, but if you can't see the roadmap <laughs> and you don't know where you're going, um, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And so Ohio did a really nice job in, in, in adding some structure to that, uh, creating roadmaps uh, for uh, automation and robotics. And that way, educators and industry can kind of look at those roadmaps and start to chart their course. Well, that's good to know. I, I didn't realize that we were that far advanced and, and uh, you know, compared to some of the other states. I, I mean, I know we were doing well, but it's good to hear from you that that's, that's the case. Mm -hmm. uh, so what is the role of four-year institutions in this mix? You know, if you're looking at those pathways, how does the um, bachelor's degree level graduate fit in? You know, I think that when you talk about four-year institutions, um, a lot of students that we work with, we work with a lot of educators um, all over the world. And um, it's important that four-year institutions um, allow a student to kind of push away from the table and to clearly see where they're going. There's several different paths. Um, and, and when the students, charts this course and, and has an understanding what path he's going to take. Um, it, it's important that uh, some paths require more hands-on, some paths require um, uh, more R&D. So research and development versus hands-on, it's, it's two different paths. Research and development, it, it, that's kind of about innovation and just thinking outside the box. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the other path of, 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 of real hands-on kind of troubleshooting, uh, when you go and get a job, that's what you really want is you want that student to be successful. You want him to, to, to walk in day one and he's got to pay for his, for, 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 his, for his degree. And so he wants to have the right tools. Um, so I really feel like uh, it's just important that if, if a student needs that hands, if they need that hands-on uh, know-how, that they can actually do it. Um, and then if, if, if they have that mindset that, you know, data scientists, um, uh, 
just really out of the box thinking, but not having to close the gap, then put them, I think the four-year institutions, because R&D comes up so much, um, and, and maybe uh, future thinking, um, that it, it's important four-year institutions make it very clear for that student. All right, so the, as um, the demand increases uh, for uh, Industry 4.0 on an industry level, will educators be able to keep up with that demand? And what are you predicting? You know, um, I think that uh, we run into a lot of situations um, where educators they don't have, uh, uh, we call it B2B. It's the budget and the bandwidth, <laughs> okay, in order to keep up with the, with the technology. Um, therefore, uh, because of th those two things, um, it is difficult. Industry has to keep moving. Um, and so we always, you always say that project base projects, that's what moves things forward. Um, so uh, the, the best way for education to keep up with Industry 4.0, um, internships uh, allow educators not to have to have all the equipment and everything uh, right there on site. Uh, if they can allow the student to taste it, but then to uh, go to a, a company uh, and, 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 and really see what it is in real time, and then they can come back to the school and, and kind of hone their skills a little more. Um, I think that's the best way. But, but, but I think that the, 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 the simple answer is, is uh, we've got to deal with the B2B issue, <laughs> budget and bandwidth. It usually is one or the other. Um, some schools get it, get it right when you talk about education, um, but more times than others, that's what we run into. Well, let's uh, let's talk about your background a little bit and and your career. Uh, you had mentioned before we started uh, the interview that you you never thought you would end up uh, on the New Jersey coast. You know, coming from Detroit. So, um, you know, as you talk about your career, and what advice would you give to students considering a, a career like yours? Um, you know, I would say. Uh, you know, smart manufacturing is here to stay. Uh, it's not going anywhere. Um, so the, the key is to, uh, you know, look for an apprenticeship program that will teach you the fundamentals. Um, look for an education facility uh, that um, has real equipment or the ability to put you into an internship where you can put your hands on things and learn. the the This... Uh, Manufacturing space, smart manufacturing space really uh, requires you to be humble. There's so much to learn. And so you need to learn how to uh, work well with others. Uh, you can't work in silos. You have to be a sponge. And that's that for myself. I I grew up in, De in Detroit, Michigan and went through an apprenticeship program to start. Um, then I went to school and I got into an internship. Uh, and, 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 and that led to an internship with a, with a company that 
kind of opened up the blinders. I just wanted to be an electrician to start. And that was so simple. But when I looked around me, I had the ability to learn from machine tool programs, robot programmers. And so once the blinders came uh, opened up and I got a chance to see all of these different skill sets and I could just learn them and people will teach you if you want to be taught and if you're humble uh, and you want to work hard. And after that, everything else will take care of itself. So I would just tell students to look to put your, be moldable, <laughs> be moldable, ask questions. And again, smart manufacturing is here to stay. Um, they will thrive with the right attitude and, and, and always uh, get a mentor to make sure that you're on the right career pathway though. Well, we could all learn from that advice. So what's next for Festo Didactic? You know, at Festo, uh, we, we clearly understand um, uh, that right now uh, there is a, a need for uh, virtual learning management systems. Um, we have been working uh, night and day, um, especially due to COVID, on uh, trying to make sure that we have a, a strong learning management system that uh, kind of exudes uh, Industry 4.0 data. Um, and so we've launched a, a platform called the, the Learning Experience, the LX platform. And, and that's, it, uh, it, is, it is just, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, we've put so many resources on it. Um, and, and we're very confident that uh, when we talk about um, software as a service, um, everyone needs to get involved with this digital transformation. And, and we really feel like uh, that, that the LX platform uh, is something that um, education can use, but industry is doing the same thing. Um, you, you know, so um, you can't talk about something unless you're in the middle of it and you're fighting. <laughs> and so that's, I, I go back to saying that COVID forced us in a position where, you know, you can't take old content and wrap it up and say that it's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the best thing, the next, next best thing. Um, sometimes you just have to slow down to catch up. You've got to put in the hard work and the deliverable will help you catch up. And so uh, when you say what's next at Festo, <laughs> um, we are working really hard on that digital platform to be able to uh, make sure that it uh, provides satisfying data and helps the education space. Ted, I'm looking forward to the end result. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. I really appreciate it.